1: Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. My name is Frank and thank you very much for joining us today for episode number 165. On today's show, we have got a long-awaited reveal uh, that Master Trent is going to take us through and we've got a bit of news to round it all out. Joining me today in the virtual Toy Power studio, we have Master Ben. G'day, g'day. Mr. Darren. Hello, everyone. And Mr. Trent, I have the power. (laughs) You're still working on that intro, aren't you? Trying to coin a new
0: one, trying to, but you know, this whole Lego Masters thing made me think of Masters of the Universe.
1: Oh, Lego Masters, what do tell? I mean, it's 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 we know the show's coming up. Um, is there is there is there are you related to the Lego Masters project at all? I'm not sure,
0: yeah. Well, yes. (laughs) <laughs> I am. Yeah. It's, it's probably been the uh, the best kept secret on this podcast, hasn't it? We've done well. <laughs> to, <laughs> Maybe uh, the only one cover, cover my tracks with a bit of misdirection. Um, yeah. yeah off, so- off, to, off to work. I, I didn't, in fact, go to work in Melbourne. I was on the set of Lego Masters. What?
2: There you have it. And this was all last year, correct?
0: Yeah. yeah look, uh, we did film last year, so that the show is filmed and in the can. But I guess. And and I think that's probably quite an important point with COVID nineteen going around because there's yeah. plenty of high fiving going on and obviously we don't want to uh, you know think that we're disregarding social distancing. But um, yeah, it's filmed, it's wrapped, but it will. Like, the intent of it is when I guess it goes live that it it plays out to the audience like it's happening on the day. So yeah. there's that sort of bit of you know just makes it a bit more real for them and and feels like it's playing out you know on the day. But when you actually sit down and break it down, well, of course, you know you you potentially can't do do a like you know 15 hour build in one day. So um, it's a bit of bit of movie magic in the background, even for reality TV.
1: So yeah, so those of us who have been following our social medias for a while probably would have noticed that you know the minute there was any sort of Lego Masters news, we were very very keen to share it. Um, myself, Ben, and Darren were all sort of aware of that. Uh, happening Uh, we're not trying to break any NDAs or anything like that so we had to we had to keep it under our hats Uh, and we're aware of that because there was a little bit of a filming session that took place in my very toy room as part of Trent's backstory I guess now Trent take us through that I believe they wanted to because you're an accountant by trade they wanted to sort of focus in on that I believe
0: yeah, it did change, I guess, the way they wanted to look at the backstory. And it's hard to know what will sort of end up going to air because the backstories traditionally are very short. They'll probably only run for about a minute. Mm. Um, But yeah, you know, I guess you present yourself and they sort of choose what, you know, might be interesting to film. And I guess at the start, you know, being an accountant and then doing something fairly creative in terms of building Lego models was seen as maybe a bit of a paradox to some people that that's a bit of a strange combination. So one of the views was to sort of focus in on that, but I think when they got to know me, it became quite clear that maybe that was going to be less of a focus um, for the backstory. So one, one of the big things that I was very keen to, to talk to was obviously my connection to toy power, my involvement in the show. And so we wanted to kind of capture a live show. So, you know that that was as frank said you know that was recorded uh, whether it will sort of make the final cut but um we did have a few uh, interesting <laughs> stories that we've sort of been holding on to uh, um, are we allowed to tell that story well i think so it's not it's not really it wasn't sort of part of the show it was just one of the things <laughs> that happened while we were filming which was quite funny
1: all right I, I have to do this so basically we're all set up we've had the um the, the guys would come in. They've got their lighting. They're actually really happy with the audio. They could just plug directly into our mixing desk, and they could record everything we were saying from an audio point of view. Had the producer come in, and he's looking around. Oh, look at this toy room. This is great. And he's looking at my vintage Ninja Turtles, and he's he's picked one up. Which first I was like, you what? Um, but then of all the ones he's picked, he's picked the um, oh, I forget the proper name, but it's basically one of the uh, the Rockam uh, Rocksteady ones, where basically they have a a chest plate that if you, you press it, the head pops up. It's like one of those sort of Rock'em and, rock and Robot type features. Um, and that particular Rocksteady, as Darren would well tell you, um, the head on it is just absolutely impossible to get back down. Like, it just pops at the slight you walk past it too fast and the head pops up and i was you know he, he picked it up and, and trent to his credit was all very, he realized what was going on he's like oh, maybe we just maybe just put that back down and he put it back down and i just sort of held my breath for a second and everything was fine it was all good three minutes later no one is standing near that shelf do you want to guess which figure fell over straight to the ground that's right. Old mate Rocksteady. I don't know if the head actually popped up or it just the legs had shifted. He's hit the ground and there was just that noise. You know, when a when toy hits the floor and there's that, that heartbeat where you go, this was one of those. You heard the noise, crack, legs went that way, head went that way. Uh, and his legs have basically just snapped off at the base. And <laughs> <laughs> Davey was actually uh, filling in for Ben, who was unable to make it. And Davey just kept looking at my face the whole time, just waiting for me to, like, crack it or lose it. And I'm, I played it cool. I was like, oh, oh, that's unfortunate. Then the guys, all the producers and that left to go outside to sort out some gear. And Davey was just like, come on, man. Like, do it. Like, go nuts. I want you to. I was like, no, no, no. It's fine. We'll sort it out later. Um, Trent, to his, his credit, could sort of, sort of read uh, my hidden reaction to what had happened. And he actually uh, ordered me a replacement figure off of eBay. Excuse me. The hilarious part was, uh, and this was directly leading into the time when Trent was supposed to go off for the show. Uh, And he's like, yep, it's on the way. It'll be there next week. Here it is. Your beauty. I've opened the box up and it is something has happened to it in transit because the legs were broken in the exact same manner. (laughs) and like at this point I just I just laughed I was like do you know what if it was like a scratch figure or something really expensive then we would have had a bit of an issue but it was it's like a $50 figure neither here nor there and at that point I think Trent was mere days away from traveling to Melbourne and I just went just just leave it I don't care anymore I'll try gluing it like I've literally got two figures that are broken in the exact same fashion uh, in fairness, the one Trent bought me probably has a better uh, head clicking mechanism, so I'll probably prefer that one. But it was just—you just wouldn't read about it. Like the yeah. the, the, the replacement <laughs> figure comes yeah. broken. Like obviously Trent didn't buy it like Straight that. Spot. It was yeah, broken in in shipping, and you're like, oh, whatever. It's just—it's—it's it's too ridiculous a story to to be true. So
0: yeah, and the poor guy that sent—I ended up getting a refund for it because um, I did say, look, it was broken. All oh, right. And he was very, you know, quite apologetic, but also, and I said, look, I bought this to replace a friend's figure who broke <laughs> who in exactly the same way. This is sort of like a, an irony to it. And, and I think he, can you, he goes, oh, can you take some close-up photos of the figure? Oh.
1: Because
0: I, I think in the back of his mind, cause he packed it really well, you know, yeah. he was going, well, I packed these really well, it shouldn't have yep. broken. And I'm like, well, look, I don't know what's happened in transit. It's, it's broken. Like I literally, you know, opened it up and it's, mm. it's broken. But he wanted close-ups because I wonder if he thought decide. maybe I'd gotten
1: the yeah. broken one and tried to pass yeah, off. Gotcha. It yeah,
0: gotcha. Sure. But like you know, there were marks on it that he could say, "Oh, these are you know, this is the mark on
1: yours." I can send him a picture of both, uh, broken yeah, yeah. side <laughs> by <know>. side. Like <laughs> yeah, he was,
0: he was fine with it in the end. But I think it was just the point that he couldn't believe that it had broken in transit, and I it was oh, it's a long way around the world." You know? <laughs> so it's just one. Of I don't obvious- think
3: any of us could believe. <laughs> and obviously, there's a there's a fragility across the that entire, entire product that's obviously the the weak point yeah normal well
1: you know what mine was fine sitting on the shelf for a good couple of years <laughs> yeah. till an old mate producer comes along <laughs> yeah oh hilarious hilarious but anyway enough about that Trent. um now we know lego masters does uh they do things in pairs did you apply to the show with someone How, What what happened there
0: yeah so this was a solo application so I did have a few mates that I reached out to in the Leo community. That one, um, one, one mate in particular, uh, Steve Reddy, who I mm. would have loved to have gone on the show with, um, but he already had a partner um, that he he wanted to kind of audition with, so he went through that process. Um, so I thought I'll just give it a crack on my own, and and knowing that you know if I if I made it through, then I'd be paired up on the show. So I got paired up with a very very cool, you know, young and hip um school chaplain by the name of Josh and and uh was yeah it was great really really great person to work with on the show and you know couldn't have really asked for a better better partner.
2: Awesome. Cool awesome. So how many other participants on the show? How many people you um many teams? against yeah. teams yeah, yeah.
0: so it's, it, it, like you said Frank it's in pairs. So there's eight teams so 16 people all up. Um and yeah so it's the same format in that regard as season one. Cool. um yeah and and look they were all like we were all pretty much best buds um pretty pretty quick like really good group of people obviously you've got that shared passion you know when you've got something in common and um really like i was, I was sitting down at lunch one day um with everyone and it was one of those first lunches where you kind of people are telling their their backstories and you're getting to know them and it was like everyone had kind of a crazy thing that's happened to them or a crazy sort of story to tell and it was like okay this is not like a regular 15 other people in a room like so for, for me i guess you know i've got this massive toy collection you know and that, that's something that's quite uh, a new i thing see
1: about. nothing crazy with that, but continue.
0: <laughs> that
3: that's, that's <laughs> infinitely that's, sensible <laughs> yeah that's
0: right um but like and, and other people had similar sorts of stories i won't talk about them because i don't want to sort of spoil anything but it was just like i'm in this room with you know 15 other very unique sort of people all with this similar interest and it was just yeah really really cool to be part of that
1: nice so uh, now i believe this uh, this year they're really focusing in on the state versus state type thing as they've done in other sort of reality tv shows is that was uh, your partner what was his name again sorry josh Josh, he's from Adelaide, is that right?
0: Yeah, yep, yeah. he's a local. Yeah, it, it was interesting because I didn't get a, watching season one, I didn't get a really good feel for where contestants were from. Mm. And it was one of the things that when, when we started, and I think incidentally in season one, there wasn't any contestants from South Australia. Right. So for this season, the state thing was actually really noticeable. One, because everyone in South Australia seems to call it Lego. Right, We've had this debate, right? The, the lego Lego yep. debate. And so it was really quite pronounced. You knew who all the South Australians were. <laughs> by the fact they called it Lego. And you knew who the non-South Australians were. <laughs> lego. But you, you, you're quite right that you've picked that up, Frank. Because I think season one, they were still finding their feet in terms of the way they were going to promote and market and, and get this thing you know, up and running. And I, I think, to be honest, they just didn't think to kind of focus on the state-by-state thing. Yeah, And this time they have. So this time it's been much more of a focus. So when they did the team announcement a couple of days ago, you know, they said Trent and Josh, and they're from South Australia. Nice. Um, oh, know, yeah. Jay and Stani, they're from New South Wales. So it's it's going to be, and I think in that, when they do advertising, I've already seen state-specific advertisements with contestants from that state. Yeah. So yeah. again, I think it's just something they've decided to, to market a bit like that. You know, people like getting behind people from their state. Yep. Um, so I think it's just a, a, a bit of a, a fun way to market things, a bit of a fun way to have a bit of rivalry and, and cheer on you know, your home state sort of thing. Sure. Yeah.
2: And did they bring back the same uh, hosts from season one or we got different ones this year?
0: Yeah, so um, Brickman is the judge. So the same, yep. same as season one. Same Ryan, guy. Ryan cool. McNaught, who's one of the only certified Lego professionals in the Southern Hemisphere. I think there's only about 13 in the world. So he's, a, I mean, he's a genius, this guy. Um, he's an absolute star with, with Lego. You know, you know, if we're passionate about toys, you know, he's all that and more just in the, in the Lego space and um, incredibly talented. He, he, that's what he does for a living. He builds mm. Lego models for a living, he employs a team, like quite a large team, uh, I think of around the order of about 20 people that work for him when he's working on his day job. So, you know, he, he builds these incredible models. And, and I was lucky enough right at the end of the trip to go to a convention that, in fact, um, Annie, who's going to be on the show, is one of the organizers for. So it's sort of like those, those ones that we have here in Adelaide, the, um, uh, the Brickspose and Brickolades Brick, and those Brossal, sort of yeah. things. But, but Melbourne, like huge. And um, Brickman had his display and he built this enormous like mech warrior mech. Mm. Um, and the cockpit would open, and there was a guy inside. It was just, oh, wow. it's just absolutely mind blowing what he can do. So he's back as the judge, and and really, if you're doing the show in Australia, you couldn't have anyone else judging it. You really need him on the show, and um, the one and only Hamish Blake is back as yeah, the host. Nice, um, awesome. and it's, it, he's just uh, so much fun to be around. Created a really, really great vibe uh, on set, and he's just as funny. What you see on TV is only like you know he's like that all the time. He's just mm. he just not, doesn't turn off. No, of no, that. it's just yeah. that's just yeah. he is. I, I don't know <laughs> yeah. like, what he's like at home, but I presume he's just like that. He's just naturally funny, very quick, very witty, um, a very fun and inclusive style of humour. You know, he'll he sort of a bit of self-deprecating, um, just just keeps it light, keeps it fun. So, yeah, really really good guy to have on set as well.
1: Nice. Yeah, I've been watching the uh, the American uh, version of LEGO Masters and they've got um, Will Arnett as the host on that. And just knowing what I know from season one and of Hamish Blake in general anyway, I was like, he's a pretty good like for likeness in terms of an American version of the sort of humor you would get with Hamish Blake one thing interesting and and I don't expect you to answer this Trent but in the American one there was quite a quite a bit once you got past I think episode two there was like a celebrity come on every single episode at one point Terry Crews shows up and a bunch of other celebrities I didn't even recognize but um so I'm not sure if the Australian version is going to do that or that's a very American thing to do
0: yeah I think uh, without sort of talking to specifics um, I believe the way America went about theirs was they they didn't have Brickman you know they didn't have a judge no, they, had, they judge. had a few like kind of they, they rotated a bit of their their judging and I think they brought in some celebrities as part of that judging process
1: oh, um, okay.
0: so it was a bit slightly different format with the way they rotated their judges whereas we've got Brickman mm. and Brickman is really the, the judge you know the, he's the one that's gonna you know cast the vote at the end of the episode. Um, but, you know, who knows who might sort of pop up in episodes that that may surprise. Don't know. <laughs> there could be. There might not be.
3: So when does it start airing and how many episodes a week can we expect?
0: Yeah, so it'll commence on Sunday, April the 19th. So pretty much two weeks from when this episode will go live. And I believe it will be on three times a week. So three. it'll air on the Sunday night, then the Monday and then the Tuesday. and um i think the sunday night episode if it's the same format as season one will be a longer episode it's so about an hour and a half and then monday tuesday will be about an hour but i'm i'm not sure on that
1: do you know roughly how many episodes is that easy I, to work? i out? do
0: but i'm not sure if that's been announced yet so okay sure yeah. Fair but, enough. But yeah. I, I imagine you know being a similar vein to to, to season, season one, one.
1: Yeah. sure cool yeah i we I ask these questions because uh we've had uh, american friends um on the giant size team up network already contact us and go, how do we watch this in America? And I was like, Oh, well, you know, there's ways including, you know, VPNs and other mysteries of the internet being uh, an Australian show. They obviously don't have immediate access to it. And it was quite hilarious when uh, we were talking with our Patreons about this and the likes of of John Caulfield and some of the other non-American listeners like, Oh yeah, VPN. No worries. That's, that's all I need to know. And, uh, and the Americans like, wait, what's a VPN? They've never had to use one because guess what? All this stuff is instantly available to them nearly all the time. So it's kind of nice to put the shoe on the other foot. I thought. Yeah. Um, Well, that and that was the problem. I mean, I had trying
0: to watch the US Lego Masters mm. was. I clicked on it and it basically said you're not a US resident, so you can't watch it. So I was sort of bummed that I couldn't couldn't watch it. But I guess to the the magic of the internet, VPN may be a way around that, where you can't quite tell where you're where you're from. Yep. I meant to endorse, but yeah. Look, obviously, um, <laughs> it'll be on on Channel Nine. I'll be watching it live. Uh, yes. On the Nine Network, and yeah. it's on the Nine now on demand. So if, For you, sure. if you miss it, you can you can catch it on there. But yeah, I think, like you said, it's own that that link sort of is only available to Australia. Australia.
1: Yeah.
2: And also, I think it's important that to promote that it is a family friendly uh, show. So oh, yeah. uh, you know, I'm I'll be excited to sit down with my wife and two young kids two young girls and watching it week in, week out and seeing, um, telling how awesome daddy's friend is and uh, you know, cheering, <laughs> cheering from the side of the couch. So uh, well done, man. This is a, an amazing feat to uh, and journey to go on. So yeah, and, even and, though it's past tense for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's sort of brand new for us. For us. Mm. Yeah. We yeah. haven't seen it
3: yet. So very exciting times. Mm. The other thing about season one, um, just in terms of availability, what I noticed last year was they were encoring it the next day as well during the day. So mm. if people missed the, the broadcast, the initial broadcast, as, as Trent said, Nine Now is is an opportunity, but they were also showing an encore the, the following day as well. So so I want lots of opportunities for people to, to see it or see it more than once if they so desire to consume as much of it as they want through, it is- through Nine. We we watched season one twice as a family because it's sort
0: of one of those things that you can really I mean the the builds are incredible, and you can really spend a bit of time like that they they sh- spend a lot of time shooting these builds and they look look incredible but you know they have to fit all that into a, a limited time frame so it's one of those things that you can really go back and watch again, um to get you know the the full viewing experience of some of those builds and what's created and and I noticed as well on YouTube. You could just go back and, you know, watch the highlights and, and sort of, you know, I just want to see what the builds were like at the end or just a summarized version of it. If you want to go back and watch it that way, that was all sort of seemed to be available on YouTube. Um, so another way to kind of, yeah, consume it maybe second time around.
2: Cool. And uh, anything, any teasers you can give us, anything we haven't covered
1: and uh, anything you're allowed to talk to or promote or um, whatever. Feel, feel free to drop an exclusive mate we won't hold it against you like you know and we're going to pester you off air and we already have been to be completely honest so <laughs> my,
0: my lips are sealed shut um no, i guess look I, I think it's going to be a, a really fun season i think everyone that was involved in the production you know legitimately was having a great time and and were, were happy with you know the output of what they got so i think it's going to be Really, really fun. And I, and I think for me, the camaraderie that is shown between the groups. I mean, a lot of people don't like the the nastiness of reality TV and the vindictiveness yeah. and, and that. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at how collaborative and and fun and and you know just how much everyone's really rooting for everyone else and, and wanting everyone to do the best builds that they can. That's a really nice part of this show. Um and I think that that's gonna make it really family friendly, really fun to watch. You can you can like Ben said, you can watch it with your kids. Um there there's nothing untoward in the show. There's no content that's really gonna be controversial. And um just yeah, it should just be a lot of fun with a lot of um really creative builds. And and if you sort of I won't talk to it too much, but you can sort of go through the trailers and freeze frame a few of the things. There's some really incredible things that that are on on those teasers, mm. um, and some really incredible models. I think you're just going to be blown away by what some of these people can build. You know, it's just under under time pressure, um, under a, a stressful environment where there's cameras on you all the time. What people can do is is mind boggling.
1: Nice. And uh, just before we uh, move on to the news, uh, I've had a bit of a, a writing question here from uh, Davey. He says, Trent, did you can win? That's what he wants
0: to know. <laughs> just gonna, just gonna have to watch the show, Davey. Or, uh, <laughs> nah, I wouldn't. No, obviously, Sorry. I don't, don't want to talk about yeah. uh, winners and, and and where anyone you know got eliminated and all those sorts of things. Yeah, and and. You just don't – no one wants to spoil it. Just
1: don't, to you fun. don't have to actually answer. No, <laughs> no, I'm not going to answer. But,
0: but, I mean, e- even if, if I wanted to answer and even if I could and I was allowed to answer, I wouldn't want to because it's, it's spoilers. Yeah. yeah go, and, go and enjoy the show. I'll be on there for the ride and as things happen, I'll be able to talk about them.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Look forward to that. All right. With that said, we will move on to our next segment. Three, two. One. Cue music.
0: So what have you got for me? I'm
2: Batman.
0: But she's got a new hat.
2: So this is all about comic distribution stopped. And I know that Breaking the Panel Boys has covered this a little bit. But in the lead up to the last weekend of March, Diamond closed its doors to new products because of the the coronavirus pandemic. Diamond also allowed comic book stores to put their own accounts with Diamond on hold as well. We also mentioned Diamond had made redundancies at the company as well. Stan Hindman, president of Diamond, owners uh, Jeppy Family Enterprises has now issued the following message to comic book publishers who distribute through Diamond. And it's not good news, unfortunately. Mm. Heinemann writes that Diamond comic distributors will not be able to pay comic publishers and other suppliers this week as planned. Now, the thing we need to understand with this is Diamond is the sole distributor of comics all around the world, right? Mm -hmm. So that's just one enterprise distributing all the comics to every uh, corner of the world. So once they put their brakes and say, stop, nobody around the world, yeah, no one gets new comics that are being published, right? That's crazy. So... This is um, an excerpt from the the message that Diamond sent out to their vendors. As the world responds to the outbreak of COVID-19, our focus is on protecting employees, understanding the risks to our business, evaluating the risks to our industry, and examining the federal government resources available. While the full impact of this epidemic is still unknown, one thing is certain, supply chain distributors have a cash flow implications across the extended industry that can't be underestimated. While the work to understand the current industry landscape, the uh, unfortunate truth is that we are no longer receiving consistent payments from our customers. This requires that at is this time, we hold payments to vendors previously scheduled to release at this week, being the end of March. This is a difficult decision and not one we make lightly. As this situation continues to evolve, we are committed to building out a plan for payment and we'll have more information to share later on. Thank you for your patience and understanding during these difficult times. So. That's what was sent out to all the comic stores around the world. So to get a real world idea of how this is affecting comic book stores on the ground level, I reached out to our good friend, Sam Cripps, who works part-time at Gamma Ray Comics here in Adelaide. He replied with a lengthy post uh, from Gamma Ray's that, uh, that was sent to all their loyal customers. But to sum it up, they are still open through this crazy period, even without new comics arriving through Diamond. Wow. With the city being so quiet, obviously the comic store is in the um, heart of the uh, Adelaide CBD, Uh, most people are trying to work from home and isolate. They have cut their opening times down, unfortunately, to Wednesday to Sunday, from midday to five. So that's a regular Business uh, usually open probably nine to five, mm. sometimes mm. later on the later night trades. They've uh, cut it down to five days a week and only five hours um, window with the invitation to meet after hours by appointment. So that's pretty cool. But that's a big snapshot of what's you know impacting mm. them as a business. They're advertising that now is the key time to buy older comics, which is a very smart way to thing to do and fill in those gaps for your collection. Uh, here's a cool quote I like to read out from them too, this is a rough time for us, we might not have a superhero to help us out on this one but at least we can escape into a good comic to forget about it for a little while
3: Mm -hmm. them also yeah
2: Sam, also wish to advise everyone that this is online. Nerds Paradise has a tab for Gamma Ray comics that you can buy trade paperbacks from. Yeah. The covid night Now, I just want to sum this up. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic could be the nail in the coffin for a few things, unfortunately. Comics moving more rapidly from physical books to digital images and also... Uh, on the, uh, you know, span of that movie theatres, all but eradicated as home movies, as home cinema becomes more and more popular option moving forward. Uh, this is obviously the tip of the iceberg, and I'm generally saddened.
1: Yeah, see, yeah. Diamond is an interesting one because, like, as you said, they are the distributor for uh, comics, and we're talking, you know, DC, Marvel, and and all the other publishers. Independence, Independence yeah. Independence. They also do, uh, from our point of view, they do a bit of toy stuff as well. Yeah, so there's, oh, for sure. there's a whole yeah. lot of product that perhaps Sam, even through Nerds Paradise, is now going to struggle to to get in even if those orders are are long placed because diamonds just essentially gone and and shut their doors and and i found it interesting that statement they released they said what is it the unfortunate truth is that we are no we are no longer receiving consistent payments from our customers and to me that almost sounds like a bit of a passing the buck and, and blaming the the, yeah. the middle tier guys and I'm like well call a spade a spade if you're protecting your employees that's fine but to turn around and then blame it on places like gamma rays and, and whatever um, I, I, that's a
3: little bit a little bit gutless as far as I'm um, concerned and and why would you be paying your accounts if you're not receiving the stock? Well, that's right that's if,
2: it if you're if you're goods are stuck halfway around the world because they, the the planes have stopped flying yeah, so to exactly. speak uh, or or it's in quarantine area that needs to wait because sometimes you know they they hold these items up for 2 weeks or whatever uh, why uh, would the comic store pay for something that's going to be 2 weeks late yeah. so to speak or or unknown release date to the to the store mm. yeah i'd
0: be interested to know how much of the orders that had been placed were on credit. So what's that lag? So, you know, the order I place for a March shipment or, you know, the first week in March, you know, when I place that order, what are the terms? When do I have to pay for that? Is it a a month? So do I have to pay for that in a month's time? And I think, and I I don't know this for a fact and obviously Sam and and the the guys that work at comic book stores would have a a better understanding of the finances and how that operates. But I think they're inexorably linked. So if comic book stores aren't selling product, they don't have the money to then fulfill the next order, right? So if they're buying on credit and Mm. and they they don't, literally no one's coming to the store and buying stock, the money's going to dry up very quickly and Diamond, if they've got, you know, people on credit terms of, of up to 30, 60, whatever days, that money, they have to move pretty quickly to protect the, the financial side from, from their perspective because people won't be able to pay those bills.
1: Mm. So I think
0: there's something, something in the credit arrangements that may be having an impact here. If it's purely cash for delivery, I am surprised it moved so quickly and they pulled the pin so quickly. I think this is an industry that was already under stress correct right? Most definitely. So I think comic book sales are down you know I think and have been,
2: been
3: for a while yeah even
2: even with a long the um, excitement of the cinema the you know the cinematic universe and things bringing uh, some of these comic book heroes into a family sort of a uh, household name mm. uh, it's not translating no. uh, as well as they expected on, uh, on comic book sales
0: I don't think it is and and the, the the real unfortunate reality here is that you know I buy I've I bought quite a few comics. I, I particularly when um, pulp fiction comics was open, it was really close to my work. I'd go in and I'd buy you know a couple of issues every every week. I'd buy a couple of issues for sure. But the the reality is they are super expensive. You're paying seven eight dollars you know US uh, seven eight dollars Australian to get an issue of a comic. And and while I was in Melbourne, I went into a store to pick up the new master of the universe comic and, and i grabbed a few things while i was there like three comics one was a, a thicker one and it was like 30 bucks 30 mm. bucks for, for three comics like it's mm. it's it's not cheap i mean you think about other ways of entertainment where you can sign up to disney plus and get unlimited you know comic comic book hero movies for how much you know 10 yeah. bucks 90 bucks a year month, yeah, right? exactly. yeah i mean that's what, to compare four months are, are of disney yeah. And printing, printing and all the art that goes into it, that's the cost of a comic book. Like it yep. costs a lot. And it's a, it's a nice product to hold in your hand. It's, it's,
1: it's a really nice product. I and think so, this, yeah. sorry, Trent. I was I just going to say. say so
0: I found my purchasing habits moving from comic books to trades. You know, like, yeah. okay, I'll go yeah. yeah. trade. I like the trade. But, you know, 30, 40, 50 bucks a trade, how far it's does it still a lot goes?
1: to swallow. Yeah, it is yeah. a yeah. lot. One hit. I think this is uh, to Ben's point, this is going to be you know uh, a nail in the, in the coffin of the industry. I, as someone who's a digital comics guy, this has been this is just going to speed up what was already happening in my opinion that instead of uh, typically the comic the digital stuff you get are like a, a month or, or more behind what's actually on the shelves and that's to encourage people to buy the physical books. I get that. That physical books is just about going to go away overnight now. Uh, and you have to wonder that, that if people still want their comics. And they, they obviously, there's a whole lot probably they've still got in the pipeline. They've been drawn and edited and, and put together. Um, they're going to want to get at least some sort of revenue. And I think digital is just about the only way they're going to do it, at least over the next you know, few months while this whole thing sort of sorts itself out. Um, and I think I think comic books are going to become like vinyl right you can still get vinyl and that's a a medium that is many would consider dead but it's going to become much more specialized than it is right now and digital comics are going to become the accepted norm for for the industry
0: yeah it does leave a bit of a you know so obviously it's our taste in the mouth of everyone that is a comic book fan loves physical comic books i think to frank's point they'll still be available you know like the, the the big things you'll still be able to get print runs and that sort of thing the question for me now, though, turns to the toys. And if you think about a line like DC Direct, that to me was a line that would always just come through Diamond. That's how mm-hmm. you get DC Direct product. I wonder, you know, that DC tried to do a few exclusives with their streaming service and, and the like, and that didn't go too well. They had to end up clearancing a lot of those um, Justice League figures through Big Bad Toy Store because I don't think they got the numbers that they thought they'd get through the streaming service. Mm. Where, where is all that product going to go now? Do they now have to do deals exclusively with Big Bad Toy Store? And that's a massive impact to their distribution network, getting rid of diamonds. So um, It certainly
3: is. And if they're letting them go up fire sale to Big Bad Toy Store, then it doesn't bode well f- um, for their their financial well-being in the, in the short to medium term either.
0: Yeah, so who knows what they're going to do, whether they create their own online presence or try try something a bit different. But... Presumably, there's stock there that needs to be moved, and what's the avenue going to be for that? How quickly can you get a distribution network up? And if you can't do it, you're going fire sale prices to one of these companies like Big Bad Toy Store.
3: Yep, absolutely. So speaking of COVID-19, the toy company Mattel has become the latest company to join the fight against the deepening COVID-19 pandemic, dedicating a slice of its production line to face masks in order to meet the urgent demand for medical supplies in the US. In a post across social media, Mattel's president, Richard Dixon, announced the company's intention, stating that its design and development teams in El Segundo, um, California, and East Aurora, New York, will be producing face masks from Barbie and Fisher-Price fabric to help meet the significant demand. Mattel is also prototyping personal protective equipment, such as face shields, for medical workers many of which have been faced with the ongoing efforts of caring for those with COVID-19 without the appropriate safety of protective or protective wear.
1: Wow, that's pretty impressive. When I I, I must have been I, I scanned over that sort of article really quickly and I initially read it as, "Oh, they're making face masks for Barbie dolls now." Barbie. Okay, that's a strange direction to take <laughs> it in COVID, but sure. COVID-19 uh, exclusive Barbie. <laughs> <Yeah. no. laughs> but no, but that, that's, that's crazy. So that's they're, they're using hmm.
0: they're using Barbie fabrics to make face masks. That's what it sounds like. I yep. want yes. so,
2: correct yeah, yeah. so that, they're probably they have probably okay. got rolls so, and rolls and rolls of yeah. fabric at the warehouse ready yeah. to make the next uh barbie you know whatever dress or something mm. and they're going to turn that um into instead of making that dress they're going to make it into a face mask
1: It'd be interesting, so, the I, I, so there's going to be a whole lot of face we are talking barbie and fisher price with the two that's mentioned so your face mask is either, either going to be bright pink or it's going to have abc123 written on it like <laughs> pretty, pretty much i'm sure those doctors
0: don't care i'm sure they're yeah. just happy to be yeah. protected Absolutely. it's pretty
3: clear i think it's you know it's pretty clever of them to pivot so quickly especially if they're struggling to get get barbie dolls and fisher price toys from from um china or wherever due to COVID 19 to to be able to pivot their business you know in a much needed direction i give them credit for that the one thing i will say is Where's my battle armor face mask? That's what I want.
1: <laughs> you want a face mask that looks like your bloody uh, battle cat armor or something, right? <laughs> yeah,
3: well, I was thinking more of the battle armor he man dents. <laughs> that was that was what I was thinking. That that would be very cool. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Oh, there you go. No, it's good. Look, and I think th- this crisis does highlight the you know what happens or what can be a, a factor in globalization where you outsource the production of these sorts of products offshore. Yep. and then the capability to do so within your own country is limited and, and i've seen here in australia brewers are now brewing hand sanitizer or brewing you know the alcohols that are yep. used in yep. hand well, sanitizer you can't
2: buy metho anywhere yeah, mm-hmm. yeah well, is out
0: that, yeah. that's it and and you know and yeah. you, you know uh, brewing alcohol and particularly spirits that's all done under license that needs to be licensed here in australia so um yeah interesting to see those those pivots um, when when sort of the chips are down, you need to do that. I think even in Australia, we're looking at um, producing ventilators now uh, here in Australia, and and some of those calls have gone out for manufacturing. So and I think this is what this is the sort of reaction that the world needs to do. You know, companies need to change what they are producing and produce the the goods that are critical to fighting this pandemic. So yeah, good on you, Mattel, for helping with the fight. All right, moving on to some other toy news, and this is some very interesting information in respect to the new six inch GI Joe line we have pictures of the upcoming Destro figure. Now I've been very vocal about this line really really loved Snake Eyes thought he looked great and then I felt that there was a bit of a Hasbro went a bit off the boil with their Duke with their Roadblock and their Scarlet. A little bit around the designs and the faces but a lot around the color choice and, and the look of the figures. Destro, for me, is a step in the right direction again. He looks very vintage-inspired. He's got a lot of those elements that are typical of Destro, the silver face mask, the big cobra collar that comes up really high with the red around it. He's got black but little accents in there as well. He comes with the computer screen because I think Destro is typically sort of an an arms dealer um, in that sort of space. Um, He's got the sidearm, the holster, to me, he looks looks really cool, and I, I I like that traditional look on this figure. Anyone else with their thoughts on Destro? how, uh, how he? I think in? he
2: looks fantastic. He looks he looks mean. He looks uh, proper. Like you know, I just think he looks uh, the piece. I, I think they've instead of all that color and stuff like the other characters, instead of starting off with their boots green and finishing up with a red hat type thing and just all silly colors you know, from, from bottom to, uh, you know, with gold, metallic and everything. Uh, Destro's just essentially black, got his traditional silver mask. He's got, a, you know, a cool looking briefcase and things and he just looks uh, proper military standard. What, what you bought in the 80s, the toy, now you're getting today with upgraded features, size and uh, articulation and things. He, um, I, I think him and Snake Eyes are the best so far, for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah i do have to i do have to shout out the the actual head it would have been really easy to just have a standard male head and just paint it silver if you actually get up close there are lines that indicate that it is uh, a helmet or mask uh looking thing uh he's got the little uh gold chain thing happening as well which is a very 80s sort of villain uh thing to do i'm still not going to buy it but uh <laughs> it uh yeah
2: he looks quite good He sold out in seconds, apparently. Of course, yeah. And then there's issues. Truthfully, not. (laughs) Did you? Serious?
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, So yeah, so he sold out in seconds, and uh, there's issues trying to uh, find him now. Mm. So,
1: and is this just a regular release, or is this like a, a Hasbro Pulse exclusive or something? No, it's or? one of those
2: Pulse things. Yeah. But they keep, apparently, they keep updating, saying, "Oh, we've got more stock now. You can order," and then that sells out, and then yeah, it's sort of a, a tease, yeah, right. so to speak, so that. Fans are getting quite frustrated because a lot of a lot of them are missing out continuously and don't want to fork out 100 dollars for on secondary market just yet. you
0: think the figures surely released. this needs a mass market release? There's going to be tons of them floating around at some point.
1: Is, 12, yeah. yeah. Is this also, and I'm not super familiar with the animation colours, but is how different is this to um, the animation as far as could you get, do uh a repaint of him later on with yeah
2: he like... had hundreds of repaints yeah
1: okay yeah
2: yeah lots and lots
1: so he even had
3: one where he had a gold helmet right so bling cool.
1: <laughs> expensive
3: so we have some exciting news from sh figure arts we have a michael keaton batman bandai has been teasing a batman eighty nine figure for its SH figure art line for ages and now it has finally been unveiled the new six inch figure will come with interchangeable face parts, multiple hands, a grapnel gun, a batarang, throwing two throwing, uh, two throwing stars, rope shooter, and cape extensions. Currently in Japan, the figure will be a Bandai premium web exclusive, but you should be able to find it in specialty shops and websites around the world. It will sell for approximately 68 um, US and is due for uh, due for release in September 2020 um
0: and you couldn't resist this could you Darren
3: no I've already bought it how many how many did you order (laughs) only two so far (laughs) so far (laughs) yeah but um I just wanted to say September is the perfect perfect month to release this because September 5th is actually Michael Keaton's birthday so this is the ideal time to Um to put that out. I'm sure but... that's that's exactly why they... It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so true. Ben's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. But, that's you perfect. know, that's so cool. Um, So happy to see that. You know, it looks so good. Are there any, does,
1: other, are yeah. any other sort of this sort of level, uh, really high quality 89 figures in that? Because this is a six-inch figure, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Is there anything comparable to this? We know about well, there's obviously all the Hot Toys versions and these sorts of things.
3: Yes. Is this... I would say the NECA one is probably the only other right. 1989 six seven inch scale um, sort of in in modern times. That... Sure. And,
2: well, what about the Mezco collection? Oh, of course well? the Mezco. Yeah. 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 That, that's a, yeah. Is that, that is
3: that a bit out... bigger? Is that a bit taller?
2: No, oh, maybe seven eight inch, but okay. it's uh, it it sold out so fast. Yeah. It was very expensive.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. I mean. I uh, did see a bit of um, commentary around the likeness, how close it was to the Keaton likeness. Mm. Um, and, yeah, you know, I couldn't quite make up my mind with the, the images. To me, he looked really cool. But there was one photo of him swooping down with his wings outstretched and it just looked, it looked like a, a shot from the film. I mean, it was incredible. For them to be pulling off that sort of a look at this six-inch scale is a real credit to what they're able to do. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised, Darren, when that arrives in September.
3: I certainly can't wait for
0: it. Mm, fantastic. The only thing we need now, really, I mean, and and this is something we're missing, is Jack Nicholson Joker in in six.
3: That's so Do true. you think
2: that's a likeness yeah, issue? Yeah, I, like, I that he is. hasn't signed off. Yeah, yeah.
3: There's been a lot of lot of issues over the years with that. Obviously, there's the Hot Toys Nicholson um, Joker. But was not, not a, a it lot else. He's oh, yeah. pretty pretty tight with, with with the likeness, and that has often been why why he's he's been skipped in, in other lines, and they've gone down the Davido Penguin and Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman uh, before they've gone gone to to a Joker figure because of that. Yeah.
1: Well, no one's making movies anymore, so maybe he might have to start you know making money by selling his face on toys. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe one can only hope. All
0: right. Hey, some great news during the week. Super 7 went live with Wave 3 of Thundercats. Yes, that's right. Thundercats are on the loose. And we have talked a little bit about what Wave 3 of their Ultimates line will entail. That is Chitara. We're getting Slythe. We're getting Jaga. And of course, we're getting Captain Cracker, which is an absolute brilliant figure to choose. One of the more obscure ones, which really signals what Super 7 is going to do with this line and and hoping to go deep. So those pre-orders have opened. I know Brian was talking a little bit about giving everyone sort of a month off from orders. And I think that's, that was March. He sort of called the jets on the March releases, but now we're back into the swing of it with wave three. And it made me, it made me wonder because he has been, they've been really good with keeping up to date with where their production is at in, in light of COVID and all those sorts of delays. And they've been, he's been showing off sort of packaging samples and figures as they're coming in for review and test shots and that sort of thing. But it it did, you know, it's one of these things that you look at and you go, okay, I'm pre-ordering wave three and I haven't even sort of gotten close to seeing my my wave one. There's a lot of delays. And look, I, I personally, I'd rather the delays and get the figures as best as they can make them. And I know Conan was pretty much ready to go. And then there was a problem. They had to ship them all back and, And those sorts of things, I I always encourage actions that will get us the best toys in the long run. But it feels a bit weird to be ordering, you know, Wave 3 or Wave 4 when you still haven't got Wave 1 in your hand. That's just Mm. a bit, it's feeling a bit strange to me. Yep, agreed. Uh,
1: Something that's not strange is that we are getting more Batman figures. Now, we have talked about these. These are the ones from McFarlane uh, as part of their uh, DC 6-inch line. Uh, they, have, we've only ever heard in text that we are getting a Batman and a Joker as they appear in the Arkham Asylum video games. We finally get to see some pictures of these. Um, oh, sorry, they were on display at Toy Fair um, 2020. Um, but now we've got to see, you know, the actual finished production samples and and in-box, etc. So same price as the other uh, DC Multiverse stuff. We get to look at the accessories that come with Batman with the Grapnel Launcher, an open Batarang, a folded Batarang, bomb canister, alternate fists, and a base, of course. Uh, Joker comes with a blaster two chattering teeth that's a bit annoying in my opinion because in the game whenever you find those chattering teeth there's three of them so all they had to do is pack another one in and that would appease my little paranoid uh, sensibilities um, too, Frank but look as far as the likeness they're they're really spot on this joker in particular is very much the the really he's not built in any way he's very skinny in, in his limbs and stuff and got the really sort of highly detailed face i think the face looks really great uh and my i guess my only commentary around this is the the Batman, I feel like we've had this Batman figure for a while now. There was figures and I don't know who made them originally, but DC there was figures collectibles. DC collectibles. Yeah, that when the game was at its peak and, and, and big on popularity, it kind of looks like a reuse. Now I hadn't seen pictures of them side by side in fairness, but I look I looked at it and went, okay, it's a Batman figure. Like I feel like I've seen that one years ago. The Joker figure is is a standout for me. Um but yeah, there's. I feel like there's a lot of Arkham Asylum Batman product out there. Um, I'm just struggling to see what makes this one stand out.
0: Yeah, I, look, I don't, I don't know whether it is an improvement on the DC Collectibles one. I suspect it has more articulation than that figure did have. It's, I've got it mint on card and loose, and it is a bit rigid in the way that it moves. The Joker is impeccable. I mean, that Joker from DC Direct or DC Collectibles. It's even got the little metal gold pocket watch, you know, the chain that goes to that and the face sculpt is beautiful. So that it's a hard task to follow with those figures, but Mm. they've been out of production for a long time now. So people wanting their gaming universe fix, this is a probably a pretty good way to start a collection perhaps. I'm not, I'm not sure of the logic, Um, but I guess they've got to put product out, you know, some product out and and I guess that's come on their radar or something they want to get involved in. Sure. Hey, um, I'm going to carry on from uh, that Arkham news in a minute. But before I do, hottest figure, hottest characters that appear in like a cartoon show or a game. Can't pick a real person. You have to pick Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> yeah, then I was going to say, Jessica <laughs> Rabbit. Jessica Boom.
2: Rabbit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll be retiring world champion right now. Thank you.
1: <laughs> so hey, go to the question again hottest figure that what? uh no just just
0: hottest non real life person that's in you know cartoon game whatever you can choose male or female it doesn't have to be a female
1: (laughs) oh gosh uh poison ivy because she's literally literally made out to be a, a sex symbol that's that's her her superpower in essence
0: yep good call
3: i'm gonna go with catwoman Catwoman, yep.
1: Uh, Power Girl, there's just something
2: about <laughs> yeah, it. There I, is. I just, I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> I she can't either. There's a couple of really a, strong yeah, arguments. Yeah, where where her hair cow. sort of comes down to her shoulders, just in that <laughs> area there. Did,
0: yeah. did you know the story of Power Girl? About the no, um, really her, her her history in comic books? Apparently one of the artists did a kind of like a... I don't know, like a, a dare or something where they were going to increase her breast size every issue until <laughs> someone said, What's going on that's here? Enough. <laughs> of, Stop. This is getting enough. So that, that's part of the reason for the, uh, the, the enlarged bust size. Part of, yeah. part of that joke. <laughs> I was going to say, to add to that list, that's a very good list, guys, um, that you've come up with. The Arkham Knight version of Harley Quinn, I think, is, is up there. Um, very, very oh, incredible, incredible design of of harley quinn for this this version and hot toys is now putting that into plastic and if you think back to arkham knight there, there is a few different versions of that harley throughout the arkham universe but this is the one with the sort of the black corset the ruffle skirt and all the lace edges and some really uh vibrant stockings on the legs like they're almost they've got a shimmer to them almost metallic looking so, sort of
2: like a, a cross between a nurse and a maid outfit, I reckon. Yeah, it is. Yep, yeah. yep.
0: The sort of naughty maid style of outfit. Yeah. I think in the yeah. first game, she's wearing like that naughty nurse outfit. Right. So they just, you know, yeah, right. just needed to go to the next level with the, the <laughs> next game. Um, but yeah, she comes. It's quite an amazing looking figure. Comes with all the accessories, including baseball bat, machine gun, mallet, pistol, paint can with brush. And my favorite accessory, the the jack-in-the-box, which has the the jack head popping out, Um, and a a nice figure stand. So if you're into your Arkham universe, this is another great figure to pick up in that 1/6 scale. I think Hot Toys have done Arkham Knight. They've done the Batman from the the first video game. I think there's a, a Joker in there as well. So get on it if you're a Batman Arkham Knight fan.
1: I love that her, her rifle that she has actually has just like a pink fluffy dice like hanging yep. from the from the trigger <laughs> like, it's, yeah, very, it's, a very yeah, it's very very beautiful touch.
0: Yeah, I know it is. It's very clever and credit to the game designers. I think they the designs in these games are tremendous. They they're so true to the source material while being so different in a way. So it's yep. it's a really uh, clever use of the design aesthetics to make something new but still you know not stupidly different to what we would expect
1: yeah you still look at it and you still know who it is so they've done well speaking of design choices there's a bunch of new or a set of four new ninja turtles have come out from quantum mechanics now this is part of their q figs range which typically tend to lean towards that Kind of Funko Pop-ish, where the the heads are, are very much larger than they would be in real life, and sort of smaller, uh, roughly sort of five-inch figures. And they teased these uh, a week or more ago with basically just shadow, um, shadows, outlines of the figures, and you knew who they were straight away. You know, this one's holding a pair of side. Gee, I wonder who that is. Like, um, but these are we get one of each of the turtles: Leo, Don, Raf, and Mikey, standing at about five inches tall and each come with a base due to be released this summer. They're coming out at around the $20 US mark. Pre-orders I believe have gone live. Look, they're they're an interesting style. They're um, as I said, got their slightly larger heads but my, my gut feel when I look at them is they look like uh, 2003, so sort of styled in terms of the colours and stuff. Uh, Michelangelo is, is on a skateboard. They've obviously got their coloured bandanas but the uh, and there are slightly different shades of, of green between them. They're not quite the where Donnie is brown and, and Mikey is sort of, you know, deep, deep sea green or anything. But, um, but yeah, other than their bandanas, they, they've got sort of the, the more traditional wraps and sort of brown elbow pads and stuff. So that kind of lends to that 2003 thing. They've also got white eyes, no actual sort yeah, of yeah which I really loved. Thumbs up in my books. Yeah, yeah. Donnie, and this is where it starts to get a little bit of a blend of styles. Donatello has the uh, sort of headgear you'd expect from the, the Michael Bay uh, version mm, of Donatello. Yeah, so mm. uh, look, these are non, non-posable as near as I can tell. They're like sort of miniature five-inch statues, um, but I think the the set of these would look really good on the shelf. Definitely. Yeah,
0: I saw this come up on Pop Culture you could buy the whole set. I think they're, they're, that you could get the four for around 160 AUD, something in that order. Mm. And they're they're I think about five and a half inches, so pretty pretty cool. I, I was sort of impressed with these, to be honest. Like more impressed than I thought I would be. Yeah. And I'm not going to pull the trigger on it just because I'm I've cut right back on collecting. But old Trent would have jumped on these.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right, so oh. I want to take you back. My first uh, first person shooter was Wolfenstein, right? So I played no, the hell out of Wolfenstein on the PC and I, then I went to school and the boys in the schoolyard were telling me about this new game called Doom yep. and that if you shoot the wall... You see the bullet hole in the wall, and that blew my mind. Like, how can you? How can graphics be that good? And then to then to floor me on the floor. If you shoot a barrel, it explodes. Right? What? That that was. I, I I had to find out this game, and that was obviously Doom. So Doom was just light years ahead of its time uh, for when you know back in the early '90s when we were all playing PC games and things <laughs> on those old three and a half inch floppy disks and stuff. Only needed 16 to run uh, Doom just uh, quietly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if you want to transfer between friends and things. So, anyway, Doom went away for a little while and now it's back with Doom Eternal. It's getting huge popularity. And of course, Mondo have shared a preview for their upcoming Doom Eternal Doom Slayer figure, one to six scale. The pre order date has been announced. Uh, has not been announced just yet. They did share a great early look at the prototype and what to expect. The twelve-inch figure, a scale figure, will be fully articulated. The figure will include a number of interchangeable hands, an extended and retractable arm blade, a shoulder cannon, a chainsaw, saw, a um, a, 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 a you know this unique sword that he's got, and of course the BFG nine thousand. What does BFG because, stand
0: you know,
2: for? <laughs> uh, I won't say that on air. <laughs> <laughs> big big <laughs> gun 9000. And, and uh, if you order it from Mondo, uh, you get the lost soul demon head. So, like, it's like an alien trophy. He's got the severed head of the um, soul demon.
1: It looks so, great.
2: It, it, you know mondo have made some really cool things uh, lately with their masters of the universe figures and things their batman uh animated line and things like that this doom figure is on point and yeah. uh you know i think it looks amazing yeah. so if you're a doom fan uh finally you know you can start building your collection up with uh some actual figures so very cool yeah, yeah i yeah, love
1: the, the f- yeah. sorry go trent
0: i was just going to say look that i just have to talk a bit a bit about doom and and exactly those sentiments ben talked about uh for i had it on four um of the the three and a quarter floppy disks that was where i learned to use dos and i used um pk unzip i think or (laughs) or something a bit of coding to to get it on the on the hard drive um but you're, you're spot on ben because this wolfenstein is what we played, like we played Wolfenstein yes. and it was, yep. you know, it was amazing because it was a third person you could go around there. Were, I think three, only three different sprites for the bad guys. All the walls were flat. All the levels were yep. flat.
2: You used to have to urinate on the wall to open yeah. secret
0: doors and things. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but, but everything was sort of flat and level. And then all yes. of a sudden, you, you play Doom and that first level where everything's textured. You can go up elevators. There's yes. secret passages. Yep. Really could you exciting. jump in ju- Doom? Yeah, yeah, you could jump. Yeah. yeah, so you couldn't do that in Wolfenstein. Yep. So yep. BFG, you've got the chainsaw. I mean, mm. it's just insane. And those barrels. That first yes. level where you blow, shoot the barrel and there's like that demon next to it, and it just blo- like it it basically turns him into like liquid. It, yes, it, and kind of like turns into this blob of like red liquid and it's like oh my god and some of the the horror elements of things jumping oh yeah demons yeah. like it was yeah. intense like that experience yeah. was just crazy and because Wolfenstein,
2: they're all humans from until you got to the boss level so you sort of knew oh this guy's gonna have a better gun than the last guy but in uh doom they're all mystic aliens type demons, monster things yeah. so you didn't know what they were going to do you know are they going to shoot fire at me yep. or are they just going to be a chomping head coming at me like uh you know pac-man and just you know <laughs> devour me like it just it was scary stuff yeah so
3: mm, pretty really. cool a lot of fun i loved all, all those games doom uh wolfenstein spirit of destiny that whole you know that, that whole, whole
2: i played a lot of quake, oh, yeah, quake. 12, yeah,
3: quake quake
1: quake quake was my jam like i played doom like all the other guys were saying the computer labs at school you know i was the guy who seemed to funnily enough be able to work out how to network so everyone could sort of join in the one game that doesn't uh, sound like (laughs) you no not me at all quake Quake Two, in particular, Quake Three, Team Arena. Oh my God, yeah, I spent yeah. a hideous amount of time on that game. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys ever play Shadow Hunter? Was it the uh, the uh,
2: Shadow Hunter? It's like a sort of um, anyway. I'll have to look it up. It's a it's a very it's a tongue and cheek game. Right. Third person, and there's a lot of fun elements in it and things cool. like like Duke Nukem. Oh, that, yeah, yes. That, that ancient Japan, Japanese type right. thing, you know. Okay. Um, very very fun game.
0: Cool. Yeah, I just remember reading, I still remember, you know, being a massive Doom fan, and I'd get the gamer magazines back in the day, and I remember opening up to this edition on Quake, and they had some, it was like just some renders of of the environments, as they just shot showed in this magazine, and they were explaining that they'd have a light source, and if you walked past that light source, it would cast a shadow. And that was just it when was. it, blew, it, it was, blew my mind. I'm like, no, what? you can't do that in a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's insane. And so Quake, and, and I got Quake as soon as it came out. And that was always my my memory of Quake is that it got the lighting absolutely yeah. brilliant.
1: Yeah. I Spent so much time looking at his shadow, he got killed straight away. <laughs> yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> I didn't actually like get anywhere in the game. I was just too busy looking around at stuff.
1: Just making <laughs> shadow puppets. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Nah, fantastic. That That Doom figure does look cool. I always loved the Space Marine. And I remember, yeah, Doom, that first Doom game, you could you could local area network to another computer and play two-player. Yep. So yeah, that was that was, so such cool gaming memory. Land
2: parties. Yeah. <laughs> <that's it.
0: laughs> All right. We're moving on now to some new Star Wars Black Series reveals. And this is some pretty exciting stuff. Some some first-time figures are being released. Now, I think. Hasbro did pretty well out of their carbonized figures that they released. I know we got a carbonized Mandalorian and a few other ones. So they're continuing in on that vein. We're getting a metallic Stormtrooper and a metallic Boba Fett and the boxes. I think Boba Fett comes in like a green box. So you're getting unique boxes kind of in the, in the scheme of the, the character, but this is where it gets really exciting. Now we have teasers for the Beskar Armour Mandalorian, which looks incredible. The Empire Strikes Back version of Darth Vader. Tebow, our very first Ewok. I know Guy Blocker will be extremely happy to be getting a Tebow. I had Tebow as a kid in the Vintage line. So, um, you know, think, thought they would have gone with Wicket for the first one, but very happy to get Tebow. Oh, um, is this the
2: first of, of, of Ewok? Yep. Ha-
3: in the in
0: cool. Black Sea. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, that's wicked. Yeah. I did not know that. Cool. So that's very cool. And of course, everyone's favorite admiral from Return of the
1: Jedi, Mister Admiral Akbar.
3: It's a trap. It, it
1: uh, I, can't, I can't believe it's taken him that long to get to this mm. guy. Like he's been, uh, for someone who's. They not did
3: the- do a Force Awakens slash um, Last Jedi version of of the figure, but they haven't done the Return of the Jedi deco. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's, he's, more, is, I, he's more iconic for the meme than anything else, but course, still, right. still a cool figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you read, um, I don't know, what is the guy that does those little
0: Star Wars comic books that I read, I read them to my kids, Jeffrey Brown. He does these little, very, very fun little comic books like the far side kind of thing. Yes. And he's got Admiral Akbar eating, um, it's like a bedtime book. So it's like all the yes. different characters putting their, you know, little bedtime stories. And there's one of Admiral Akbar. On the bridge, eating some cereal, and he says it's a bedtime snack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the pretty mean Admiral Akbar impression you've got there as well, Trent. Oh, uh, a, a man of many talents.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, so, I'm super excited by those reveals. They're, they're, you know, they're really, really cool. And in the vintage collection, so this is for our three and three quarter inch fans, we're getting a clone Commander Wolf K2SO, everyone's favorite droid from the uh, rogue one. From rogue One. Yep. The power droid and a secret figure that's yet to be announced. So I know uh, a lot of people still massive fans of those three and three quarter inch figures. These all come on that beautiful retro card. So get excited for those new figures. Well, that's all the official news that we had for this episode. Was there anything anyone wanted to talk about in closing?
2: Uh, just look. Everyone has to watch the the Tiger King on Netflix. <laughs> yes. It is outright bonkers it is it, it's almost unbelievable that it's actually real and that it actually happened yep. it's you just got to watch it absolute best time to watch it now when you got nothing to do at home so <laughs> to speak so seven episodes and it just gets crazier each episode yep.
1: We've, uh, me and my wife have been fighting between that and, and we're, we're finally getting stuck back into building our lego batmobile so that's yeah. we, we wow. do that and now i'm torn i go lego batmobile or tiger king like i really don't know which way to go at this point <laughs> yeah
2: yeah and i'm calling it film of the year for me the platform on netflix yep. a spanish film uh, it is amazing it is it is that is my genre right there that film is everything i love in a film it just blew my mind it's so cool if you like the cube uh and uh, battle it's so not really battle royale but yeah cube and things like that you've got to watch it it is fantastic.
0: The a saw in there.
2: Yes, yes, very much so. Okay. Yeah. Is it in it English or or Spanish? Oh, I, I prefer if it's to watch it in its uh, native tongue. Yep. So you, but it is you can watch it dubbed in English. Okay. But uh, I I always like to hear it how they've said it. You yep. know, they, the the uh, actor has said it so and i find watching it in their tongue you pay more attention to it yep, yep. because you, you you can't look at your phone you can't you know tell the kids off you can't Zone do whatever you know you yep. can't get up and go and grab a drink and keep it playing you've got a full focus on it so for
0: sure yeah. very good all right
2: that's all on netflix as well yeah yep.
0: nicely well, done on that note we'll wrap this episode of toy power thanks for bearing with us Oh, Frank just
1: just one thing I wanted to give a big shout out to our newest patreon mr. Brendan crates uh... Uh, He's—I've seen the name around on our social media, sort of liking and commenting stuff. I believe he's—he's a, he's a guy from Tasmania. So great yep. to have another Aussie on board. And you know what? You may not know the name, but you've probably seen some of his amazing photography work all he, across Instagram. Yeah. He yeah. is—and honestly, there was shots. He's been uh, just joined us in the Discord and, and very excited and vocal and and sharing some of his his photographs. I'm like, I've seen that. I've seen that on yeah. Instagram. I yeah. love that photo. He took it, and now he's even sort of. Editing along with us, he goes, Oh, here's a shot, but what happens if I crop it and zoom it in a bit more? And we're like, Yes, that's good, or I'll oh, change this and change that. So he's doing some amazing work. Uh, BC Talk, if you want to look him up on Instagram, um, great to have you on board, mate. And I really appreciate you, you know, spending your hard earned money on us at a time when not a lot of people are spending a lot of money. So much appreciated, mate. Yeah. Uh, and obviously,
0: we apologize for the audio quality. We did order some new mini mixes. Um, But they've been delayed, so we're just trying to work out when they're going to come in and some options around getting some mixes, so everyone's got a mixer and everyone can sound as good as possible while we're in isolation. But it is our mission to keep Toy Power coming once a week. Um, I know a lot of people that listen do it on their commutes, and now there's not as much commuting going (laughs) on. Maybe people are getting a bit behind in Toy Power, but it's there if you want it. Um, We're going to be around chatting toys. So if you want to get reach out, have a chat if you're feeling a little bit, isolated we're here really good toy community to get involved with chat and, and share the love of toys so feel free to reach out uh, always here for a chat and on that note we'll see you around the toy aisles and if you're good tune into channel nine and you can check out the amazing stuff or not so amazing you be the judge that I'm <laughs> produce.
3: take care and stay well everyone and until next time good journey
1: you can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us Podcast at gmail.com Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of Okay people. Want to learn more? Go to giantsizedteamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but
3: they're... Yeah.